0: You're ready for the Word of God? You know, this is is everything you need. There's no beating around the bush. This is, if you're not interested in this, really, where are you going? This is the permanent solution. If you don't prioritize this, you'll be hopping from one pastor to another pastor. You'll be looking for the perfect church. You'll be grumpy, humpty, dumpty Christian. You will fall and, you know, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. That will be your story multiplied by 100 if you don't prioritize this. This is where clarity comes. This is where answers come. This is the word of God. First of all, you have to settle in your heart that this is more than just a book. This is the word of God. The Holy Bible is the word of God. This is the word of God. In this, God is not a terrorist. God is love. Mm -hmm. Good evening, everyone. In this, he still heals. In this, he still provides. In this, he gives us wisdom. In this, he makes a way. It's all here. It's all here. So on, let me see if you run. we spoke about deeper, deeper faith and three reasons why we need to consider going deep in the things of God. What, what were those reasons? Thank you, Pastor Pio. What were those reasons? Reason number one, why should we consider going deep in the things of God? Because the example was given of a house, Jesus said. A man who listens to his words and does them is likened to a man who digged deep, went deep, and set his foundation on a rock. No matter what unpredictable, unstoppable issues of life came his way, he was unshakable. But the man that was shallow in his thinking didn't stand. That's why you see certain people in church today, you will not see them until the next conference. Why? Why? Because they are shallow. Hello? Shallow. Very shallow. So that's the first reason we want to go deep, because we want to be unshakable through every situation that life throws at us. Amen. The second reason why we want to go deep in the things of God, how many of you remember what it was? Jesus shares the parable regarding the sower sowing seed and how in a certain ground, There were too many stones and there was not much of earth and there was not much of depth, deepness or depth. So when the seed was sown, which is the word of God, it was sown on shallow ground. And because it didn't go deep into the soil of that person's heart, when persecution arose and certain things came their way, they didn't last long. How many Christians do you find today? They don't last long. They go from one conference to another, from one camp to another, one church to another, one pastor to another. They have no clue where they're going. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Don't be a gypsy Christian. Okay? That's the second reason we need to go deep. So that the word of God will be something that works for us. If you are are a shallow Christian, the word of God will not necessarily work for you because too much of interference... Too many stones in, in your path. You're still angry with your in-laws. You're still upset with your old pastor. You're still angry, angry. Uh, so many stones in the way. So that's why we need to go deep. That's the second reason. The third was what? Because you don't find God in shallow waters. Deep calleth unto deep. Psalms 42, 7. Remember 1 Corinthians two ten. The Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. See, that is why we need to go deep. That was day one. Deeper things. Now, I'm sure the CDs and the DVDs will be made available. You can get it from the church. Now, this day two, which was yesterday, we looked at what? Six things your faith in Christ Jesus will do for you. When you come to faith in Christ, the first thing that he will do for you is not get you a car or a wife, but he'll get you a life. He'll not perhaps settle your loan for you and uh, many who come for meetings like this they're only miracle conscious but I want you to be blessing conscious don't be miracle conscious be blessing conscious say amen to that so when you come to faith in Christ one of the first things that will take place in your life is understanding how many of you were here yesterday Faith in Christ brings you understanding. Acts chapter 26 verse 18. He told Paul, go to the Gentiles and open their eyes. That means their understanding. So that's the first thing. When understanding comes, illumination comes. That means I'm able to see. That's all after coming to faith in Christ. When illumination comes, I can understand what truth is. Understanding, illumination, truth. When I receive truth... I receive freedom. Through that freedom, I come to know about my inheritance. And through that inheritance, I am untouchable because I am what? Sanctified. These six things will happen in your life the moment you give your life to Christ. It is a process that the Holy Spirit will take you through. And we shared this yesterday. Now that is gone. The Lord will not serve yesterday's manna today. Today's word is for today. I want to talk to you about certain things. Pastor David, you are a prophetic man. And if you would just... I feel the Lord is dealing with you like he dealt with Peter. You have this amazing ability to hear from God. And... uh, But I feel the next stage in your life is going to be like the Lord telling Peter, now Peter, come out of the boat. Step on water that you have been taught before is going to drown you. I want you to do it. Come, let me show you that it's not going to happen that way. And I believe God's going to take Pastor David into that season where you're going to take steps after hearing his voice that you've never taken before. Very bold steps. Bolder than before in Jesus' name. Yes. Actually, the only person that needs to say amen to that is his wife. That's all. And we can continue. Tonight, the Holy Spirit is going to help you cement your faith. Now, in order to cement your faith, Okay, let's title tonight's teaching, The Cementing of Your Faith. Let's call it that. The Cementing of Your Faith. I want to call it something else, but let's call it that. The Cementing of Your Faith. Would you say it together? The Cementing of Your Faith. Now, where does faith come from, and how does my faith get cemented? Firm. How do I keep myself from making certain mistakes? Thinking it is faith, I go and do it, but it is not faith because there are some of us here in this sanctuary, you took certain decisions, you thought you were doing it by faith, but you actually misunderstood what faith is. So you took that decision and you made a mess out of it. You made a mess out of it. Now, let me tell you that certain Christians take a risk and they consider that faith. But faith and risk are not the same. Let me say it again. Faith and risk are not the same. Then some Christians think desperation and faith is the same. You can be the most desperate person in this meeting, but desperation Doesn't mean faith. So what is faith? Where does it come from? And how do I exercise myself in this? How do I get into this? So I'm going to share with you a triangle of how faith enters your life. And how faith can be cemented in your life. We are also going to deal with certain misunderstandings relating to faith. We're going to look at certain areas where you would have misappropriated faith in your life and made a mess out of it. We're going to look at it. By faith you got married to that. And you thought it was the right thing to do and your faith didn't work. Was it faith or was it stupidity? That's an okay word, right, to share? Yeah? Okay. My eldest daughter says it's not. But she's not here, so I can use it. So I'm going to share a triangle with you of how in your, the faith that you're looking to grow comes from three different ways. Number one, Romans chapter 10 verse 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Would you please read? One, two, go. One more time. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now two things here. I want you to understand how faith comes. That is why after a meeting like this, you're all jubbly bubbly. Why? Why? Because faith has entered. You'll believe that every mountain will move. Why? Because you have heard the word of God. The problem is not that you heard. The problem is you don't keep hearing. That's the issue. You miss that. You can't go out of this building saying, I heard a good sermon. Because you heard, that's bad English, but right theology. You heard a good sermon is not going to maintain your faith. Because faith needs to be ever being built up in your life. And for that to happen, it is not that you heard a sermon, but you need to keep hearing and 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 keep hearing. Hearing things that build your faith. Not only hearing, but hearing the word of God. What you don't need is motivational hearing. What you don't need is inspirational teaching. What you don't need is inspiration and motivation. Although in certain segments of our life, we need some inspiration, we need some motivation. But may I say to you that inspiration is not going to build your faith. Motivation is not going to build your faith. It is simply the word of God. Actually, a message that you don't even like listening to could be the antibiotic that God uses to instill faith and cement faith in your life. So don't brush it aside. So make a decision tonight, I'm going, to, I'm going to spend more time hearing the word of God and I'm going to spend time focused on nothing else but developing an appetite for words, words of faith because that's where faith comes from. It comes from a word. Say faith comes from a word. Let me explain it to you. Let me explain it to you. Then you will understand. Because through this, we will look at some of the common mistakes people make when it comes to faith. At the end of this teaching, you will understand. You will go like this. You will go like this. Now, watch this. You will go like this. Like at the end of a good movie, you get, go, aha. Aha. So if you are awake and you're not on Facebook, you will be able to do an you will get an aha moment at the end. But I'm going to take my time with this and help you understand this, okay? So, where does faith come from? It comes from hearing. And hearing what? Hearing the word of God. Now, if you don't hear a word from God, now catch this. If you don't hear a word from God, people have another term for that a promise. If you don't have a promise that God has spoken to you pertaining to a certain situation, if you haven't received a direct word pertaining to a certain crisis or a certain decision you're going to make or a certain si- whatever it is, and you go and take a step that is not faith, that is a risk. Anytime you act when God has not said anything about you acting, you are getting into a big risk. you got to be very careful that you don't take a step without first hearing a word. It'll become a risk. Can I give you an example? Do this if you want an example. All right. This doesn't mean I'm over. Here's an example. God told Moses, the Lord told Moses, Moses, you have now come to the Red Sea. Can you move forward? Moses said, I can't move forward. How can I move forward? You're telling me to go forward as if there is no Red Sea. That's how I want you to think. He said, Moses, stop praying, man. This is not a time to pray. Stretch forth your hand and divide the Red Sea. And tell the children of Israel to walk. So he stretched forth his hand with the rod in his hand. And the sea divided. And the children of Israel walked through. Now the Bible says in the book of Hebrews. That Pharaoh and his army wanted to do the same thing. And what happened to Pharaoh was he drowned while the children of Israel walked through. Why did one walk through and the other drown? Because God did not speak to Pharaoh. God spoke to Moses and Moses acted on what God said. And Pharaoh trying to copy Moses' faith started to drown. It is very dangerous for you to copy another person's faith. It is very dangerous for you to follow other people when you haven't received a word from God. You're trying to do what others did and you are failing. Some God would have given somebody else a word saying, you must marry a, a Sri Lankan, okay? And you are, listen, listen carefully. Don't, 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 don't go ahead of me now. The Lord would have said to somebody in your row, you have to marry a Sri Lankan. And you are not a Sri Lankan. But the Lord said to you, and you have a promise from God. And lo and behold, lo and behold, roadrunner shows up. And suddenly you start walking down the aisle. And Pastor David says, whom God has joined together, let no man separate. And suddenly at that wedding, there is another person standing next to a pillar. And leaning against the pillar thinking, man, Lord, I also would like a Sri." And then they sing a song in that service. It is no secret what God can do, what is done for others, He will do for you. And then you think it's a confirmation. <laughs> now, here's where the Christian gets into a bigger mess, Ronnie. They think that, oh, that's a confirmation. And they say, If that happened to that person, I also like this. And they quote Psalm 37.4. If I delight myself in the Lord, he'll grant the desires of my heart. I am going to marry so and so. And guess what? On the road to Damascus, (laughs) they meet somebody on the street or in some forsaken place. And they start dating or find somebody over a computer. And today there are many things happening over a a laptop. For David, it was a rooftop. Today for many people, it's laptops. (laughs) And uh, so they they, they find this person and they have a cappuccino together and they come and tell the pastor, Pastor, mm, the Lord put in my heart to marry this person. You are just about to do what Pharaoh did. And you're going to drown. Why? Because you can't copy another person's lifestyle of faith. Can't copy. Because what God has spoken to somebody is for that somebody. You need a word from God for your own good self. And when you go and build your house because Uncle Charles over there built his. You did it and you drowned. He didn't. Why? It could be because he heard a word and you didn't. So whenever you don't hear a word from God and you do it, you don't call it faith. It's called a risk. You catching this now? Let me show you more. Let me show you more. When you don't have a word from God, faith comes by hearing and hearing what? A word from God. When you don't hear a word from God and you go and make a decision, yet you are believing that somehow... Uh, If I take this decision, I'm going to get this and I'm going to get that. And uh, in your dreams also you will see it. And you'll think God is showing you those dreams. And then suddenly, uh, what's happening now is you are in a world of imagination. When faith is absent, imagination is present. Do not call imagination your faith. Imagination is not faith. Do you know there are people who struggle in this area? When you don't have a word from God and you go and take a decision, there's a risk. The second area in this same topic is when you don't have a word from God and the Holy Spirit hasn't spoken to you through a message or a man of God or a prophet of God or an apostle of God and there is no word directed into your life, if you take a step without hearing a word, you are imagining. And God will not bless your imagination. He is not going to confirm your imagination. He's going to confirm his word. At least do this if you know what I'm talking about. Yes? Now I know some of you have gone into this mess. But there's hope for you. There's hope for you today. We're going to pray for you because all the mistakes you made thinking it's faith, it can be reversed today. can be reversed. You're in the house of God and there is hope for you. Praise God. Let me show you an example in this. One day... Jesus, after feeding the 5,000, he told Peter and the rest of the disciples, get into this boat and get onto the other side, get onto the other side. So Jesus went up the mountain to pray, and the disciples got into the ship, and they began to sail the other side. But the winds were contrary, and the winds began to get boisterous on Peter and the rest of the disciples. Remember the story? Now Jesus, in the fourth watch of the night, darkest hour, starts to walk on the water to where they are. And while he is coming, they think he is a ghost because it's very difficult to recognize God in a storm. He is coming, they can't recognize him. And when they are afraid, Jesus speaks and he says, It is I, do not be afraid. Peter, that's where I think you got the term forward Peter. Peter got up from his lazy boy position and he said, Master, if it is you, give me a word. So that I can come to you on the water. Watch this. Peter did not jump out of the boat until Jesus gave him a word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now light bulbs are going to go in your head now. Do you see the other disciples following Peter? Why didn't they do it? Because Jesus didn't speak the word to the other disciples. He spoke it to Peter. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You must understand what God is speaking to you and what he is speaking to a corporate audience. Sometimes you will take a message out of context, apply it to your life and say, God spoke to me when he didn't. Jesus said to Peter, come. Didn't the other disciples hear it? The other disciples would have heard it. But it was only one man that realized God is speaking to me. He's saying, come, I'm going to take a step. That was a step of faith. So he walked on the water to go to Jesus. You know what Christians are doing today? They are in their boat and they're imagining. They're imagining. They imagine life outside the boat. So without even the Holy Spirit speaking to them anything, And everybody in the boat, their in-laws and their families are, what are you doing? No, no. I'm taking a step by. Come on, fill in the blanks. I'm taking a step by. I'm taking a step by. Actually, it's not a step of faith. It's a step of imagination. Bless you. It's a step of imagination. Why? Why? Because when you haven't heard from God and you take a step, it is a risk, it is an imagination of the mind. Come on, here you understand now. There's more, there's more. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Tell me the verse again, it's on the screen. One to go. Mm -hmm. If you don't hear a word from God and you take a step, it's not faith. It is a risk. If you don't hear a word and you take a step, it is not faith. It is imagination. If you don't hear a word from God and you take a step, it's not faith. It is embarrassment. It is loss. Don't give me that look. It's true. Can I give you another example to confirm it? How many of you know Lot and Abraham? You know Lot and Abraham. Lot was surviving on Abraham's faith. Until a day came where the two guys decided, now it's time for us to part ways. You go this way, you take the high road, I'll take the low road, and I'll be in Scotland before you. My grandpa, a Scottish, taught me that song. I have Scottish roots. See how, see how jealous they are. I rebuke that spirit of jealousy. Lot and Abraham came to a place where it was Lot, his nephew, who said, "You know what? There are too many fights. I will, I will go somewhere else. This is, this is not good." So Abraham told Lot, "Lot, you decide where you want to go. All of this place, you choose, and I will take the other side." So Lot looked. Now, this is how Christians decide. No they know their gun Anything that comes free, they think it's a reward. It's not a reward. Most of what comes free is a trap. Buy two, get one for free. Two out of the three is expired and you're rubbing expired shampoo. <laughs> Lord give them a revelation, please. Please. Some of you are now worried, my gosh, after that day hair began to fall, maybe that's the reason. I got it, I got it. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) So Abraham said to, Lord, Lord, you decide, man, you decide where you want to migrate. So guess what? When you want to migrate, where would you migrate? I'm asking the wrong congregation. Where would you want to migrate? You want to migrate to greener pastures. You want to migrate to a place where everything is good. So Lot looked and he saw New York. He saw Harrow. I'm just teasing. He saw Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't care what was happening there. He decided with his eyes, we walk not by sight. If you are making decisions with your beautiful eyes, you, darling, are not walking by faith. I like that man. Mm -hmm. I like that woman. I like that country. Everything is with your eyes. And Lot made a decision with his eyes. He said, I'm going there. Abraham said, you go. You go. Guess what? I want to ask you a question. Was it by faith? It was by lunacy. It was by sight. And see, beloved, for some time Lot did pretty well. And people who make decisions like that will do pretty good for some time. Don't try to be like them. You are a child of God. You don't walk by sight. You walk by faith. Be like Abraham, the father of faith. After some time, guess what happened? The Lord tells Abraham, Sodom and Gomorrah is going to be judged now. Abraham says, Lord, please, that my nephew fellow, Give him a chance. Please, Lord, give him a chance. Give him a chance. The Lord sent angels to Sodom and Gomorrah and told, Lot, tell your wife not to look back. Get your children and come out. And yet, they were so carnal. They were so carnal that they didn't listen. When the Lord gave them a chance to come out, they looked back as if, oh, why am I leaving all of this? the step that Lot took that day caused him the loss of his family, embarrassment, simply because his decision was not by faith. And I know that there are those of us who are here, your life today is a big embarrassment. You have encountered losses. You have taken risks. You have drowned while trying to walk on water. All of that, you thought it was God. You took a step of faith, but it wasn't faith. It was imagination. It was a risk, and it was an embarrassment. But if you repent today, I can't force you to repent. If you repent today, there's going to be consistent, significant change. And what's beautiful is what happened will never happen again. Amen? Faith comes by Hearing and hearing the other world. That's it. The second way faith comes. Now, I need to tell you this. In a church setting, you will hear words from a lot of people. Pastors will give you words, prophets will give you words, 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 until you become wordsworth. <laughs> words, words, everyone is speaking words. Now I want you to know that somebody can come to you, is this helpful by the way? Yes? It's going to be more helpful now. You'll be shocked. What will you do? Okay, this is, this is uh, what do you call it now? Theory and this is not practical, but what do you What do you say? Um, let's see how you respond to this if a pastor not known to you comes to you now and says to you sister i have a word from god for you and he begins to blabber it to you and you say you feel somehow you feel funny about what he's saying he said you're 65 and he's saying the lord wants you to do this and you're thinking Okay, and because you are uncertain, you're going to tell the pastor now, can you show it to me in the Bible? So the pastor says, yes, I can. I can. I can. So he shows you a scripture to prove that his prophecy is accurate. And you go and decide in alignment with what he said because you had confidence the moment he pulled his Bible out. Are you still here? I want you to know that can be very dangerous. Harold. do you want proof? Yes, right? One day, on the mount called temptation, Satan himself pulls out the word of God. Comes to the son of man and quotes Psalm 91 and says to Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verse number, I think, 6 or 7. It will come on the screen. And Satan said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is what? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Say it again. What is he quoting? He is giving Jesus a word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word, right? But I want you to know even the devil can give you a word. Even the devil can give you a word. Some of you have heard demons in your dreams giving you words. That's why your life is in a total mess today. It's like an omelet. You don't know which part is egg and which part is onion. You know what it is. Why? Because even demons give words. He said to Jesus, isn't it written? It's written. I'm prophesying to you, Jesus, it's written. If you jump, the angels will catch you. That's what's in the Bible. That's what's in the Torah. That's what's in the Psalms. Jesus, you have to do it because I'm telling you jump and the word of God will work. So faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. But Jesus knew this word was not from God. The word wasn't from God. Yet was it was in the Bible. You're missing some good things. You have gone home already. Hello. Are you hearing this? He Satan took it from the scriptures. But because he's applying it in the wrong context. It does not become the word of God. Any pastor that takes a word. And puts it on your life in the wrong context. Listen, listen, listen. Even though it was from the Bible. If it was given to you in the wrong context. It is not a word from God. It's not a word from God. You know what's worse? Satan didn't know he's messing with the wrong person. Because the Bible doesn't say jump by faith. It says walk by faith. When you don't have a word from God, you know what you will do? You will jump. And God has not called you to jump to conclusions. Jump into a marriage. Jump onto a train. Jump into immigration. Jump into this, jump into that. Wait for a word from God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing from the word of God. Is this helpful to somebody here? The next area that faith comes from. First Corinthians chapter 12. By the way, while I'm flip, flip, flip over to. First Corinthians 12 and it'll give me a moment to say something. It's amazing that as a pastor, when I'm teaching now, I can see three people asleep. And then I also understand with the discernment I have. Who is actually receiving this and who is not. And I'm okay with that. Because some seed will fall by the wayside. Some seed will anyways. Read 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1 through 9. Very important. Here is the second angle through which faith comes. Now concerning spiritual gifts brethren. I would not have you ignorant. Continue. Ye know that ye were Gentiles. You were Gentiles. We spoke about this yesterday. You were, past tense, you were Gentiles. Now you're gentlemen carried away unto these dumb idols. Dumb idols, even as ye were led. I'll bring this in context. Don't worry. Continue. Wherefore I give, to, or I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Say that again. No man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Say it again. No man can say that Jesus Christ is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Say it again. No man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, what does this mean? When did you say Jesus is Lord? The day you received salvation, right? According to 1 Corinthians 12, 3, it is impossible to come to faith in Christ if the Holy Spirit doesn't lead you into it. Because the Bible says no man can say Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the person of God who brings faith into your life to enable you to believe. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But faith also comes by the Spirit of God to help you believe that Jesus is Lord and God. Thomas looked at him and said, My Lord and my God, he is not Mary's boy child, he is more than that. He's not just a healer. He's more than that. He's not just a savior. He's more than that. He's not Jeremiah and John the Baptist. He's bigger than that. He said, who do people say that I, the son of man, am? Some say Jeremiah, some say Elijah, some say this, that, and the other. But who do you say I, the son of man, am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, I will build my church on this revelation. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You must come to know Jesus as Lord. You must come to know Jesus as the son of God. You must, you must, you must. Until you know him like that, you have not begun your Christian journey. But you come to faith in Christ by the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing this? John chapter 6 verse 44 says, Jesus says, No man can come to me unless the Father draws him. Who is the Father? The Father is the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit himself. The Holy Spirit draws people. Yesterday we gave an altar call for those who would want to accept Christ for the first time. 15, I just mentioned the number 15 and exactly 14 came. And the last one trickled in, twinkle, twinkle, little star. He came in and gave his life to Christ. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter how long you take, as long as you do it. My father took 48 years to think of Jesus and give, give, give him his life. Hooked on to gambling and this and that and the other. Until everything was lost, he didn't give Jesus a chance. Don't wait until you cut your losses. Give yourself a break. Have a Kit Kat and give your heart to Christ. (laughs) Glory to God. I said, have a break, eat a Kit Kat, and give your heart to Christ. That's it. So where does faith come from? From the Holy Spirit. God does not leave you alone. Holy Spirit is God himself. He will help you believe. I want to ask you a question. You believe Jesus was born of a virgin. Were you there? Someone said yes. Were you there? You were not there. Yet you believe. How? Our spirit confirms to us it is true. He is called the inner witness. You can't bluff. You just know it. Were you there when Jesus walked out of the tomb? No. Why do you believe Because the Holy Spirit has helped you believe it. Some of you are struggling. The struggle is over if you yield to the Holy Spirit. You say, Holy Spirit, come. Come, you are the person of the, of my faith. Come into my life. Bring that ability to believe. Continue. Continue. Read. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Please move on. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Read verse 7 and 8 but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all for the one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom another the word of knowledge by the same spirit now verse number 9 altogether to another faith by the same spirit say it again say it again say it again to another faith by the same spirit one more time please to another faith by the same spirit. Faith comes by the word and faith comes by the spirit. How many of you have been filled with the Holy Spirit? Okay. Some of you are unsure. You must be sure. If you are uncertain, that's a recipe for defeat. It is like not knowing if you're married or not. No, honestly, I'm glad you're all having fun. But it's like you're not knowing if you're married or not. Are you married? Mm. You're in trouble? You're in trouble? You are in trouble? Do you have the Holy Spirit? Mm. You're in trouble if you don't know that. See why you need a good church? Don't be distracted. See why you need a good pastor? See why you need good teaching? Because if you don't know you have the Holy Spirit or not, that devil is going to rise from his ashes. Slap you in your face. And give you a good ride of a time in life. He's going to jump all over you. Because you don't know who you are. And you don't know whose you are and who you have living inside you. How do you know you have the Holy Spirit? How do you know? How do you know? I have seen demons speaking in tongues. So don't say speaking in tongues. How do you know you have the Holy Spirit? I want you to think. How do you know someone has the Holy Spirit? Immediately, they have a consciousness Of who Jesus is. Okay. Jesus said. After that the power of the Holy Ghost comes on you. You shall be my witnesses. We are Jesus witnesses. Not Jehovah's witnesses. So to be a witness. It is impossible without the Holy Spirit. And when you are an automatic witness, that means you're so hungry to tell somebody about God. You just want to share. You just want to tell somebody. You just want to share what God is doing in your life. You just want to go. you 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 know, Jesus is everything to you. You have become a witness. You're conscious of it. One of the best beautiful signs that you have the Holy Spirit. You're conscious that you are God's child. And you receive that power to live for him. The tongues will come later. Sometimes it comes first. But that is not the proof. It is one of the many. Okay? So when someone goes buru buru barabara and falls on the floor, don't think uh, that's Holy Spirit. Okay? We have a lot of buru buru barabara at home. I don't think you're ready for Pastor Jerome.
1: Anyway, I'm coming
0: again only in November, so you have a lot of time to recover from all of this. Say, Holy Spirit brings faith into my life. First Corinthians 12, 9 is a supernatural faith. Do you know that? It's a supernatural faith. It is more than the faith that comes by the hearing of God's word. Are you attentive? It is more than the faith that comes by hearing God's word. No, this is supernatural faith to believe. This faith, when it comes into your life by the Holy Spirit, you are able to do exploits that you could never do, even if you heard 20,000 sermons. Can I give you a few examples? Jesse told David, Son, here are some muffins, blueberry, blackberry, and strawberry. Here is some tea, Dilma. Take it to your brothers who are fighting in the battlefield. So David takes the muffins and all of that and he goes into the battlefield. But he's going with not a staff or a rod or five stones in his hand. He's just going unassuming. Little David just, just you know, like Red Riding Hood, just a whole pair just wanting to go. That's it. He's not even ready for it. Are you hearing? He's not even prepared for anything. But he's going because his daddy said so. There's a reward for obedience, even to your earthly parents. Don't forget it. Let me say it again. You're ignoring me. There is a reward for obeying your earthly parents. No matter how old they are, keep them happy. It's a word for somebody here. One of the reasons some people suffer today in life is because they don't realize their blessing is linked to their love for their parents. Even if you put them in a home Make sure it's a home Go and visit them Love them Bless them If you need to buy a vehicle Buy it before they pass away If you need to buy a house Get them a house Before they die Don't regret at the funeral (laughs) And you give one of the most beautiful speeches Angels are crying in heaven When they hear that speech David obeyed his father's instructions And today there are children who are telling the fathers what to do. Instead of the fathers telling the children what to do. There are some of you, you are scared of your children. You are here today. You need deliverance. You are scared of your children. Your child, You you check. Uh, Darling, is it okay? Mommy wearing this? Okay, okay. If the daughter goes squint-eyed, you'll remove that and wear something else. Since when did God give children the responsibility to parent their parents? In which book have you read it? Don't let those demons into your house. Can you see my finger? Don't let those demons into your house. Love and honor your parents. Respect them. Keep them happy. God will open a door like he opened for David. Hallelujah. That's Ephesians 6 verse 2 and 3 for you. He'll open a door like he did for David. Once in a way, write a card. Once in a way, tell them that you appreciate them. David went into the battlefield with tea in his hand and muffins in his other. He's not even ready. And suddenly he realizes nobody is attacking this giant. Israel is going to lose the war. You know what happened to David? Was David in prayer? No. Was David singing? No. Was he he with the Torah in his hand reading? No. But something happened when he saw Goliath. Supernatural faith... Came to him by the spirit. It's called the anointing. Through the anointing of God. Supernatural faith came into David's life. That he look. Watch this. He saw the stone in his hand. Larger than the Goliath in front of you. That's what supernatural faith will do for you. Listen. Listen to this. When you see the stone in your hand. Bigger than the wall in front of you. I mean, what audacity to take a stone. The, uh, Goliath said, am I a dog? Am I a dog? You come to me with stones in your hand. Am I a dog? Mama David, Am I a dog? Philippians 3, 2 says, beware of dogs. Beware of dogs. But he takes a stone. Watch this. Now where did he get this faith from? By practice? No. By hearing a thousand sermons? Perhaps not. Singing worship songs for five hours? No. It's called the faith that comes from the Spirit. It is not there always. It comes suddenly. It'll come suddenly. The bank will come home and they will say, today you're going to lose this house. Supernatural faith comes suddenly. And you're not rude to the man. You're not rude to the woman. You're gentle. And yet you know, one stone, one prayer will do this for me. Supernatural faith. You just have it. It comes from the Spirit. comes from the Spirit. Say, it comes from the Spirit. Say, it comes from the Spirit. Glory be to God. I walked up to... Uh, patients in wheelchairs, spine crooked, um, legs are not moving. I mean, when you look at them for our miracle healing meetings, we have ambulances coming into the hall. Yes, such is the desperation of people. And when I look at them, when I look at, see, when I start to preach, I'll come on stage and I'm preaching. No, I can see them there. I can see them there. But the Holy Spirit is not moving me to throw the first stone. Are you catching what I'm trying to say? Are you understanding what I'm implying? He took five stones thinking he will need it, but he needed only one. You know, that's what faith will do for you. Supernatural faith. You are keeping five just in case. Four girlfriends and one wife. Hmm? That's not the life God has called you to. Just in case. If you are a just-in-case mentality, faith is not working. So you will look, I, I was looking at the patient, and yet I'm not moved, I'm not ready to throw the first stone. But after I preached, after we began to sing, the anointing came upon me. And with that anointing comes First Corinthians twelve nine to another faith by the same spirit. And when that faith comes, watch this, I will walk up to such people. They will be shocked at what I do. They'll be shocked. Most of these healings are on YouTube. You can watch them. They'll be shocked. From where did that faith come from? Did you, did you have it when you were dressing? No. Did you have it when you were washing? When shampoo was on your head, did you have it? No. When you were singing, did you have it? No. But when Goliath appears, God will give it to you. I said it is there for the day you meet your Goliath. That faith I'm talking about It's not there for any other day It's there for the day you meet your Goliath I don't know who I'm preaching to But if you're standing in front of a wall A mountain or a Goliath Of a situation That's when this kind of faith comes It happened to Samson He saw the enemy coming He took the jawbone of an ass And he slew Thousand odd people With a small jawbone You will do great things When you have this kind of faith It doesn't come from human effort. It doesn't come when pastor lays hands and says, Father, give this person the gift of faith. No, it comes when you are fighting challenges. It comes when there is something saying no to you. When you're facing a stubborn mountain that's refusing to move, Holy Spirit will come with supernatural faith into your life. By the Spirit of God, you will be able to believe for the impossible. Somebody shout Jesus. The same thing happened to Peter. Peter was called one day to raise the dead. He is going, the woman's name is Dorcas. Dorcas or Tabitha. He goes, by the time he goes, women are weeping and wailing and moaning. He asks, what are you crying for? Women cry for everything. Not here, there. So Peter went and asked, why are you women always crying? No, Dorcas. Dorcas died. Dorcas died. Oh, please, help. Oh, Dorcas died. So Peter says, okay, all of you, stay out, men, stay out, stay out, men. With your tears, there is no faith in the room. Please, please. You know what? There's a word for somebody here. If faith is going to work, at some point in your life, you have to stop crying. You have to stop crying. You have to stop moaning and groaning. So Peter says, are you guys there? And he goes in. He looks at the dead body of Dorcas. Watch this. Does he say, Dorcas, get up? He doesn't say that. Why? Because he hasn't got the spiritual faith that is required to do what he needs to do. So what the Bible says he does, he closes the door and follows the example of Jesus. He kneels beside Dorcas' bed and he prays to God after he receives that supernatural faith. He gets up. And he says, get up. And the woman opens her eyes. When you are faced with a dead situation, when you are faced with a mountain in front of you, it is not the faith that comes by hearing the word that you need at that moment. Because nobody's preaching at that moment. There is no preacher preaching to David when he faced Goliath. So where is that faith coming from? It's coming from the Spirit. I pray you understand what I'm talking about. And I pray you will experience what I'm talking about. There is nothing like this. Lord, grant this church a supernatural faith today to believe you for the impossible. Clap hands for Jesus. Glory to God. Here is the last one as we conclude. Here is the last one. Faith comes by the word. Faith comes by the spirit. And faith comes through your bloodline. I said, faith comes through your bloodline. Pastor, what do you mean? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 onwards, faith comes through your bloodline. Watch this. Verse 3 onwards. Ready? One, two, go. Read. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee. In my prayers, day and night. Now, Paul is writing to a young pastor called Timothy saying, I'm remembering you every day, son Timothy. I know what you're going through. Greatly, I'm desiring to see you because I know that you are with a lot of tears. The ministry that you are involved in as a pastor is not easy, so I know you are having a tough time. But when I see you, I'll be filled with a lot of joy. Look at verse number five. Altogether, please read. When I call to remembrance... The unfeigned faith that is in thee, yes, which dwelt first in thy grandmother. Stop there. All grandmothers shout Hosanna. Look at you. Look at your excitement. It's a night for grandparents. If you're not excited about it, I'll move on to something else. Your response will determine how this meeting continues. Just FYI, BTW, that's it. He's saying, I know you're crying. I know you're having a tough time. But in all these tough periods you're going through, Timothy, you are one guy that has genuine faith. And Paul has the audacity and the clarity also at the same time to remind Timothy that the faith he has first. Listen to this. The faith he has first dwelt. Let me say it again until it, until it rubs into your heart. The faith, Timothy, that you have first dwelt. So he's talking about the same faith that Timothy is carrying. He didn't get it automatically. He, that faith was first found in his grandmother. No wonder God hears the prayers of grandmothers. No wonder, no wonder, no wonder, no wonder. My grandma was one of the strongest Catholics ever to have lived. And she would take me, I I grew up in a Catholic school and I have no qualms about it. I, I appreciate my Catholic upbringing. I appreciate it. And Ma, nana used to take me to St. Anthony's, Mount Lavinia. I wasn't given no choice. She had all her teeth. Her hair was long. She had no cholesterol, no sugar diabetes, nothing. She would come and say, ah! Now we had nine cats. When the cats were playing and Nana walked in, their tails went between their legs and all her ginger, jonja, rambo, sambo, all of these fellows would disperse. Like most of you, after we pray for you. they <laughs> gone, gone. Where are they? Hey, they're gone. disperse. Rapture. <laughs> Nana had a strong voice. We used to play cricket in the garden. And she was a horticulturist. She loved her plants. So whenever we played cricket, she hated us. With great love. That stopped. Stop. Hitting that ball. My plants are being destroyed. And in case the ball went into the garden and we went to look for it, it was ruptured. And the day Nana passed away, we checked the cupboard and there were lots of tennis balls. So this was my grandma who took me and said, come here. Come here. Light these five candles, men, for your brother, for your father, for your mother, and for your next door neighbor. But Light. And I don't know why I'm lighting it, but I'm lighting it because I want to get away from Nana's voice. So I would do all of that. But you know what? After some time, a lot of changes took place. But here's my point. Here's my point. A lot of changes took place. But the point I'm driving is this. There was a grandmother who at least tell me when I didn't know Jesus... At least light a candle, man. You didn't get it, did you? At least light a candle. Blessed are you if you have grandparents who at least have that much of fear of God in their lives. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. I'm in a way sad she's not here with us. went to be with the Lord. She was with the Lord when she was here and she went to be with him also. And when she went, she went spirit filled, tongue talking, blood washed, water baptized, knew her Bible inside out. She became light. She didn't need to light another candle. She became light. That is what Jesus did. It's an amazing thing. So I think Paul has this remembrance about Timothy's grandma. And saying, Timothy, you know what? When I see your faith, I saw the same faith in your grandma. And what was her name? Louis. Hey, that's a beautiful name. To name a baby girl that's going to be born soon. We dedicate to the Lord Louis. Some of these names you don't name newborns because you feel it's old names. Everyone's naming their children Barbie and all, all of that New modern names Louis But that's Or Louis Anne Or Lois, Or whichever way It's announced, so you can pronounce it Any way you want You can say loose For all I know It's okay But did you notice That that faith was not only in the grandmother It was in the mother also How many of them, how many mothers here underestimate that they are able to transfer faith to their children? They underestimate it. But Pastor, my son is now 52. Still, he is your son. Mothers, listen, my mom took over from my grandma. She took over the baton. And started to instill faith in my life. When your child is in your womb, you believe that whatever you consume is going to affect your child. Correct? And then when he or she is born, the umbilical cord is cut, and your child is now in your arms. When they're 25, what makes you think the same mouth that ate food gave them nutrition? That is the same mouth that God uses to pray and make sure that there are alterations to their life. Even when they are 52 or 25, the children will change simply because of the faith of the grandmother, a grandfather, a mother, or a father. Faith is transferred in the bloodline. Faith is transferred in the bloodline. Are you hearing this? Say together, faith is transferred in the bloodline. Where does faith come from? By the word. Where does faith come from? By the spirit. And where does faith come from? By the bloodline. I want to say one more thing and conclude. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. I know this is helping somebody. If there are unsaved loved ones in your family Tonight's meeting Holy Spirit is orchestrating it To solve that problem You need to be very happy about it He's orchestrating it to solve that If you have A wavered child A husband that left Refusing to come back You're wondering How is faith flowing in my bloodline There's only curse But no, that change is going to take. Even if you're the only person in your bloodline that needs to hang in there, do it like Abraham. Do it. Because for generations to come, you may be here alive to see that day, and I pray you will. He's the God of generations. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. But after Joseph, there's a gap of 400 years. So the Holy Spirit began to minister to me. He said, son, now I've done a new work in your life. You're the first generation. Michaela and Havenia, second generation. They are children, third generation. Their are children, fourth generation. Son, until the fourth generation, you don't have anything to worry about. But son, you need to intercede for your fifth generation. I want to say to you today, your issue is not in the fourth. Your issue is with the fifth generation. Your children's 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 children, you may not be here. Therefore, tonight's meeting, you must think of that generation and begin to intercede. May the Holy Spirit work miracles today. Unusual stuff in this place by the power of God. Amen. You receive this word? Glory to his name. Thank you, Jesus. Give him a good clap offering of praise. Thank you, Lord. A mighty hand of praise. Give him the best clap offering. Thank you, Jesus.